This is the e-commerce content creation podcast. Welcome to a new chapter in the e-commerce content creation podcast. This is our first episode as an independent podcast. And for this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about what that means. I'd like to share a little bit about my time with Creative Force over the last three years, what's next for me personally, and then close by telling you about a toy drive for a local business that could use your support during the holiday season. Welcome to episode 139 of the e-commerce content creation podcast. As we get into this episode, I just want to say that I uh, apologize for the lack of communication around what's been going on with the podcast. Over the last couple of weeks, the transition has been a little bit more, um, a little bit more difficult than I thought it would be. Just not no, no like problems exactly, but just a lot of technical stuff that I kind of missed as we were sort of transferring over the podcast hosting and some of the things. Uh, I just ended up needing some time to kind of like gather some thoughts around that. So this episode today is obviously coming out at a weird time of week. Um, what that means for next week's episode, I'm not exactly sure yet. I think it could be, I'm, I'm going to commit to getting these episodes out every week, but it might be a little bit spotty on the timing. I'm going to try to find a way to get us back onto Tuesdays. I think that's the, that just feels like the right day for this, for this show. I don't know. Makes sense to me. That's why we picked it. For about the last three years, a little over three years, if you count the time that I was working as a contractor for Creative Force, uh, I've been chief evangelist for Creative Force, which is like, what? what is that? I've had to explain what a chief evangelist is a number of times to people probably listening to this podcast at various Henry Stewart events and and that kind of thing. And the, the basic idea behind the role at Creative Force was, I think that... The co-founders, Thomas and Tice of Creative Force, um, understood that the the industry that we're in, that creative production for e-commerce, and specifically that subset of like photo studios um, and those the professionals that serve uh, product photography type roles and those sort of things, was a relatively um, new industry for the type of thing that creative force is. And, and I've talked about this before, certainly with, with people individually, but the idea that uh, I don't know if I've really talked about it that much on this podcast, but the, the idea of a production management system to manage a studio, I know at least for, for many years in my career thought was not really something that was possible just because of the way that the process of taking a sample, creating the photography, trying to manage through post-production the way that all of that works just seemed too complex. At least if you think about it through the lens of like, I don't know, a year like 2013 and the way that we use technology back then at the time, it didn't seem like something that was doable or, or, or possible. And so I think um, Thomas and Tice, the founders again of, of creative force understood that there was some, I think necessary maturing of the industry that needed to happen to help to help the industry as a whole, for one thing, understand that many, many studios are are dealing with the same challenges. And that was something that they learned intimately uh, when they had co-founded Pixels, which was originally removed the background. Um, they were visiting a lot of studios in, in the in the hopes of becoming the post-production provider for those studios. And they saw a lot of teams working in a lot of different ways with the overarching sort of 
idea being the same, right? Take a physical sample, make a make an image of that, and then put it on a website. With so many little different variations, but then so many studios having a lot of the same challenges and a lot of the same barriers. And some people figure out a really great process or or solution for one area, but then are lacking it in somewhere else. And some other studio out there has the perfect answer for that and has like sort of the perfect pieces to kind of fit into those places. But the studios for a long time, and this is, we've talked about on this podcast, weren't really talking to each other. We weren't behaving in the same way that other parts of a business unit sort of behave, which is like your sales teams go to conferences where they can learn about new technology and sales management and, and new techniques and all of those kinds of things. The photography studios weren't doing that. There was this idea that every in-house studio was in direct competition with every other in-house studio, which is not really the right way to think about it. I think an argument could be made for it, but it's not really the right way to think about it. So this is where the idea for the chief evangelist role at Creative Force, I think, was sort of born is to have somebody and then have them launch a podcast to help make some of those connections and help people learn from other professionals in the industry above and beyond just going to the handful events that uh, of events that at the time were uh, there were more now than there were before. But for a long time, there was no real conferences specifically talking to photo studios, modern photo studios, um, as I define them sort of post 2008. Um, but now, you know, there's, there's, those started to develop along as well. And so to have this podcast seemed like sort of a natural thing to have like a weekly outlet for some of these ideas to, for people to learn from each other. And, you know, the idea was again, to build up the industry in a really, I think, sincere way. It certainly uh, helped Creative Force from a marketing standpoint, but that was not the goal initially of either my role or the podcast itself was specifically to help Creative Force. But it was for Creative Force to try to find help for things outside of um, what we were selling specifically. Like, how can we connect the right professionals to help solve problems and learn from each other and grow and build up their teams. Uh, and then the, a byproduct of that is a maturing industry that is becomes open to some of the new tools and technology that is out there, which is sort of what we're seeing now. There are more vendors now than ever that I think are trying to sell into this space with collaborative tools that are web-based that do some really impressive things that I think even just a few years ago, people didn't really think, um, was was possible or usable for something like this. So it was a sort of dream job. It was an incredible gift to be given this. Uh, I, I thought when Creative Force offered me a job that it would be working, you know, onboarding studio teams and sort of like working as a, as a sort of consultant from the Creative Force side to help people get onboarded with the platform. And I did do some of that type of work. I really enjoyed a lot of that in the early days of Creative Force around, you know, beginning of 2021, um, when we were really young and still had, you know, relatively few um, clients compared to where, where uh, Creative Force has now. Uh, there was a lot of everybody doing a little bit of everything, consulting on studio things, plus creating some of the content that we were putting out there and doing the podcast. And in addition to that, I was able to do and work on a lot of the Creative Force Academy content, which is um, was something that was a really 
fulfilling part of that job for me. I really enjoyed creating that content for Academy and, and getting the feedback from people that it was helpful for them to learn how to use Creative Force through the Academy that we put together. And this is a good time to take a moment to acknowledge the really hard work of my colleague Aaron at Creative Force. And he was really responsible for designing the Academy and all of the sort of curriculum. And I was there to just kind of do my part with the video content and bringing the platform expertise into um, Academy. But, you know, I, it was it was just such an incredible opportunity and to have the podcast and to get to learn like so much about how people are working and to get to talk to so many really interesting people. I know that I've said it on the podcast before and I can get a little bit um, so, sort of emotionally gushy at times, but the, it, it really is just so amazing to me, the quality of guests that we were able to get really early on um, in the podcast who are willing to like come on this podcast that we didn't really have much to show for and help talk about things that people would benefit from. Um, and it's, it's been incredible and I'm so, so, so happy to be able to continue to do the podcast. Um, now that my time with creative force has, uh, has come to an end, but just some highlights over the few years, my few years time with creative force, um, I think setting aside the development team, which was at the time sort of a mix between developers from the pixel side and some creative force elements in there. Um, but aside from the development team, I think I was one of the first 10 or 11 employees of creative force um, when it was a really young company and people like James Lewis and Ari. And um, I know I'm forgetting a, a bunch of people, Ian Mitchell, obviously. Hi, Ian. Um, people who'd been doing a lot of really great work for Creative Force um, for already a couple of years at that point, and then to come on when we just started to sort of get this like momentum um, at the time around the time that I I came on, and uh, just to see what it's become and what the company has become and grown into is a really thrilling experience. I have almost no experience with sort of quote unquote startups. I mean, you could kind of say that the Conveyor Studio in uh, in LA was sort of startupy. It was a young company, but also like, can a studio really be a startup? I don't, maybe it can, maybe it can't. I think it just depends on how you approach things. Um, but I, I will always look back on that time with creative force as something that was really special. Obviously we get to continue to do something really special. I think with, with the podcast and now there's an opportunity to kind of grow a little bit. So using that as a segue, what is next for the podcast? Um, I think uh, the format is mostly going to stay the same. Uh, it's going to be an interview format. I'm going to probably take the liberty to do more solo episodes like this one, which is something that I was hesitant to do when Creative Force was producing the podcast. Um, I think, you know, there it gives me an opportunity to kind of like build into the schedule some sort of breaks from having to find, you know, find a new guest coordinate schedules around that and just be able to have an episode um, instead of like recycling stuff. If I feel like we have, uh, we, we weren't able to get enough guests and that sort of thing, but I'm also going to be pretty busy. Um, I think while I'm at the same time, hoping to keep the podcast going every week. And that's sort of my commitment, by the way, like I'm going to continue to do every week. I think it's a great show to have every week. Um, but as far as topics, we are going to look into growing into some adjacent areas. And I have some really, specific reasons for wanting to do that. So 
Um, we're going to look into expanding topics into digital asset management side of things, which I is clearly like a very big opportunity to learn and grow. Um, and I think it will become exponentially more important uh, to think about digital asset management and how you're organizing and managing assets and what kind of metadata that you're including in those assets. Um, as we start to introduce next generation technologies into our workflows, things like 3D, figuring out how AI is going to fit into that. Uh, if it if it if generative image AI becomes a thing that we do um, really often, that remains to be seen. I'm not going to get into that conversation for this episode, but definitely as we get into 3D, the infrastructure that supports asset creation and organizing all of that is going to become so much more important and even more important than the production part of the process um, that sort of like creative force slotted into. I think it absolutely is necessary to be having production conversations through the context of what your dam is doing and what it can do and what your dam teams can do. Um, and then also looking back, back in the sort of workflow back into like product information management and how we're setting ourselves up to get great data into our systems so that we can have excellent metadata tagging uh, procedures and policies and, and processes. That's a lot of P words, which is not great for a podcast. <laughs> Um, but looking at those technologies, those processes that are adjacent to sort of the actual asset creation process, and then how those things affect other things within creative operations as well. So looking into design ops a little bit, looking into marketing ops, looking into how teams are using the assets that are created. Um, and also like, again, to, I, I feel like I've talked about this on the podcast before, but the e-commerce in the podcast is sort of like an 80, 80, 20 sort of thing. 80% of the people we're going to talk to are going to be focused on e-com, but it's still worth talking to people that live in the creative spaces that aren't necessarily fall under the umbrella of e-com, so to speak. So like some services, and I know like thinking back to like HelloFresh, having them, they're not exactly e-com. There's an e-commerce element to what HelloFresh does, but obviously there's a ton of brilliant lessons that people can learn from uh, the team at the time. That was Carrie Crow. She's no longer with HelloFresh. Um, but we're going to be looking to grow the podcast. And I think the biggest change from the perspective of the audience is going to be that we uh, sort of out of necessity, um, but I think also out of an opportunity to help kind of mature the industry a little bit. Um, we're going to be looking at accepting sponsorships from service providers, whoever really wants to sponsor the podcast and run sort of an advertisement. Uh, I will get into the details. I'm not going to share too many of the details publicly in the podcast episode here um because i've they're, frankly just because they're not super firmed up i'm trying to figure out how people want to use the podcast potentially if they have a message they'd like to get out there but one thing that i had thought that would be a great i think use of this podcast is continuing to sort of help people find the roles that they want to be in so i'm not sure if there's like a recurring segment that comes up around people who are on the market or or, or jobs that are open or maybe i know we did this a little bit with a episode with caitlin um but the, you know, being able to ha have that opportunity to kind of see what jobs are out there and, and do something really meaningful for the listeners of this podcast that could be really helpful and beneficial. Um, something I'm really interested in doing is just, again, kind of continuing to help the industry, the individual, the studio um, with whatever we can. As for what I'm going to do next, uh, this is a question that a lot of people have asked. And I think the, the answer has been 
kind of up in the air. I've just been trying to sort of collect my thoughts about it. But I know that I've shared before, probably on this podcast, almost certainly on this podcast, uh, but definitely when I've had conversations with with people individually, that I've always been someone who really appreciates the security of a full time role and, uh, you know, a, a paycheck every couple of weeks with health insurance and and that kind of thing. I have. Uh, four children uh, used to say small children, but they're getting older now. So they're not all small. Um, and my wife, obviously that I have to think about and, and supporting them. And so I've always really appreciated like a, the security again of, of a, of a full-time role with a paycheck with benefits and all that kind of thing. Um, and uh, I have been really nervous about sort of freelancing in the past, but I think because of the, really enthusiastic support of the listeners of this podcast and the people that I've gotten to know over the course of, of the last few years of doing the podcast and attending the events. Uh, it feels like maybe there is an opportunity to be able to work on some more interesting projects. And I have a few projects lined up already that are going to keep me quite busy through the beginning of next year. Um, and I would like to continue that. I would really like to continue that. I think it's really interesting. I'm, I'm very, very anxious to get back into the studio. I don't necessarily want to, get into a Monday through Friday commute to a studio or a team like that all of the time. Um, but I do want to help the studios that are out there. And so I think there is an opportunity for me to come in and, and take a look at things. And certainly I can look at things. I can w look at things with you through the lens of like, are you interested in creative force specifically? But there's a lot of other tools out there that we can work together to evaluate on. So I'm interested in consulting projects for your studio, but also your sort of creative team. Um, and for your business as well, I have a, a decent amount of experience over the last few years with content and product marketing. Um, that's something that I really enjoy doing. So I think there are some opportunities to do more of that as well. And of course, as I always say, I am and will always be a photographer. And so if you have a photography project and, you know, if you listen to this podcast any amount of time, you know that I'm a I'm a still life guy, but I can I can do a lot. But I'm a still life guy. Uh, I'd love to talk about your photography project. Um, really, really, you know, something that I love to, to flex those muscles as often as I can, even over the years of, of moving into management and then into entire another tech space for the last three years. So. The last thing that I'd like to touch on as we wrap up this episode is I wanted to tell you about a toy drive that um, I have been kind of working on. I posted about it on LinkedIn uh, at, at the time that you will be hearing this podcast. There's only, unfortunately, a couple of days left to take advantage of this. Um, but here in Riverside, where I live, we have this amazing toy shop and the owner of this toy shop, her name is Victoria. She's a single parent of two small children and she's running this toy shop on her own. And 2023 has been a really challenging year for her toy shop. There's been a lot of economic uncertainty and people have been spending, um, money in a little bit, um, a little bit more carefully, I think. And uh, she, her space, like her whole mission in the space of this toy shop is to help children play in really great ways that help them sort of like facilitate, you know, education and exploration and creativity and all of that kind of thing. And uh, my wife and I were chatting with Victoria and we thought of a way that we could potentially benefit not only Victoria's shop, which is, by the way, called Things They Love. Um, which is after a Montessori quote about children sort of becoming and inhabiting the things they love. Um, a, the um, we got to talking to Victoria, 
and we found an opportunity that we can both support the shop and also um, get some really nice toys into the hands of some children that could use them for the holidays. So we are doing a, uh, we're hosting sort of a, a toy drive where you can go to things they love. You can buy a, a toy uh, for the purpose of donating it to this organization. Um, I don't think very many listeners are local to Riverside, but if you are, you go to the shop, you can look at the tags to see uh, to basically select a child and see what their sort of interests are. You can pick a toy out related to those interests and then you can um, uh, you can pay you can buy that toy and then immediately it'll it'll go into the donation box to be passed on to Hope Collaborative, which is a 501c3 nonprofit that supports foster youth uh, in Riverside County. There is a web element to this toy drive, which is why I'm bringing it up on the podcast. So if you're looking for an opportunity to donate some money or something at the end of this year, if you go to thingstheylove.co, um, right on the homepage there, you'll see a, a banner for Hope for the Holidays toy drive. And in that link is a collection of products that you can um, buy and donate uh, you, what you do is you'll buy them through uh, Victoria's website, through thingstheylove.co. You will put in the code, use the coupon code TOYDRIVE, and then select local pickup so that you don't get charged for shipping. And what will happen there is you will purchase that, uh, that product for one of the, uh, through the website. Um, Victoria will take that product and set it aside with that donation uh, toy drive bin uh, and that to and that uh toy will get donated with the rest of the toys that were bought in store. And so if, again, if you are interested in supporting both a, uh, a single parent, small business, um, but also uh, foster youth at risk, foster youth in Riverside County, this is a great way to do that. And I really hope that you'll consider it. If that's something that you're looking to do um, for the holidays is to kind of give back in that way. So it would be very much appreciated uh, to any listeners out there who chose to donate. So that's it for this episode of the e-commerce content creation podcast. Uh, I just want to thank you all so much for listening to the podcast and so much for your enthusiastic support over the last few years. And I am really genuinely excited for what the future holds for the podcast and new ways to collaborate. Um, so thank you so much for that. And uh, I, we will get another episode as soon as we can. Uh, keep an eye on that LinkedIn. Until next time. <laughs>